are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Good morning. We doing okay? Good. I, uh, I, I woke up this morning and uh, feeling kind of heavy. Um, I, I just woke up with this, just kind of this burden and this restlessness, and I had a hard time sleeping last night. And, and I think that restlessness and that burden uh, was, was coming because I knew the message that I was about to preach, and it was scaring me to death. I, I mean, I was just, I was scared to death. I had fear and anxiety of what I had to preach. And I mean, even this morning, you know, I'm, I'm standing in the shower, and I know that's too much. Poke your mind's eye out, right? I'm standing there. I'm standing there. Don't want to cause you to stumble. But I'm standing there in the shower, and I'm just like, Lord, please don't make me do it. Like, I, I'll do it, Lord, if this is really what you want me to say. I'm, I'm in, I'll do it. But I'm going to be scared while I do it. And I just had this overwhelming sense over the past couple weeks, and over the passage that I felt like God put on my heart, that, I, that I've got to share this story. I've got to read this scripture. I've got, to, I've got to talk to us about something that could potentially change the way we think about our lives and about Jesus. But I also woke up this morning and reminded myself that today is Resurrection Sunday. Listen, I know that for some of us, we get in the rhythm of church. Today is Resurrection Sunday. Jesus is not on the cross today. The tomb is empty today. It doesn't, we didn't just celebrate it two weeks ago. Every single day that your feet hit the floor, it is Resurrection Day because Jesus lives. So listen, if we clap for that, and we claim that to be true, we got to start living like it. we got to start living like it, which brings me to my question, who are you? Who are you? And let me say this, if you do not know who you are, then you do not fully know Jesus. Let me say it again. If you do not know who you are, you do not fully know Jesus. Why? Because our identity comes from Him. It has to come from Him. It has to come out of the death and out of the resurrection. Who we are as Christ followers comes from Him. He has already defined us. He has already told us who our identity is. He has already showed us who our identity is. And if you live by any other name, then the one Jesus has given you, then the one Jesus has told you, then the one Jesus has showed you, then you don't know who you are. And I'm not talking about your first and last name. I'm not talking about what you do. I'm not talking about who your family is, how great your kids are, how awesome you are. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something much deeper when I'm asking who are you? Right? My first name is Chris. Uh, I got given that name uh, when I was born, as you can imagine. I was just a baby, so I don't remember it. But I got given that name Chris, and I remember, uh, or I don't remember, I've been told that my name has some kind of significant meaning. And, and over the years, my parents have said, you know, we named you Chris because of this. We named you Christopher John because of this. And the truth is, is sometimes I really think that my parents just panicked. Okay? <laughs> 
Like, let's just be honest. Like, my name's Chris, okay? You're, half of you are named Chris, okay? Like, I really feel kind of like that. Like, I don't know how significant it is. You know, I don't know the whole story. I don't know if I believe all that. Like, when I was born, I'm crying, screaming. It's kind of chaotic. And, and they're like, we need a name. Uh, uh, Chris. It's just a name. It's a name that you know me by, but it's not who I am. It's a name you might call me by. It's a name you might catch my attention by, but it's not who I am. And if you and I were to sit down and go to coffee or lunch, or and by the way, you're welcome to take me anytime. Uh, you, you buy, but hey, just send me a text, call, I'll, I'll go. But if you and I were to sit down to coffee or lunch, and, and we were to start having a conversation, and, and you were to say, you know, okay, Chris, tell me who you are. You know what I would do? It's sad, but I would do this. I would just go back to my default setting. We all have a default setting. When we meet people that we don't know, when we meet people we kind of know, or, or we're in a little bit of a relationship, we just we spit out our default setting, right? It's a setting where, okay, you want to know who I am? Well, my, name, my name's Chris, Christopher John Holcomb. Uh, man, I'm, I'm 28 years old. I, um, I, I work at a church, Bethany First, I'm pastor there. I got a wife, I, I got a beautiful daughter, Ellie. I mean, I would just give you my default setting. But what if you were to say, no, 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 no. I don't care about that. Who are you? See, it requires us to think a little bit differently because if we don't know who we are, it is quite possible that we don't know who Jesus is. Why? Because our identity comes from Him. Have you ever forgotten who you are? Have you ever had a moment in your life where you've completely forgotten who you are? This moment or season in your life where you absolutely feel lost, where you're constantly walking in almost this out-of-body experience. You kind of go, who am I really? I'm wondering and I'm searching and I'm lost and I cannot find any direction and I don't know where to go from here. Who am I? These moments can happen when, when you become explosively angry. These moments where, you, where something just really makes you angry and you just explode out of that. And then later, you're having to apologize to whoever it is that you exploded on. And you kind of might find yourself saying these things like, I'm so sorry, I, I don't know. I don't know what that was. I, I don't know who that was. Anxiety or depression can sometimes completely rob you of who you are. Maybe a moment of physical pain that keeps you from operating at a high level. A loss of a loved one that brings debilitating sadness or grief in your life. I don't know who you are. I don't know who this person is. I'm completely just lost. A season where your identity is wrapped up and entangled in the sin just constantly defines you. A season of doubting whether God even exists. It just feels like you're wandering with no direction. Is God real? Who am I? Who am I? A moment where you lost your center, you're unbalanced, you're stressed, you're worried, you're crippled with fear, you're mad at God, whatever it is. Am I saying anything that you might identify with a little bit? I think that I am. You've felt those seasons. You've felt those moments. And this is why it's so important. This is why I'm so passionate about this sermon today. I'm so wrapped up in it. I, I believe I've got to say it because uh, if you're living by any other name, if you are living by any 
other name besides the one that Jesus has already given you and already showed you and already done for you, you're not living in relationship with God. Because let me tell you your name. If you know Jesus, these are your names. Beloved. Son. Daughter. Forgiven. Justified. Reconciled. Redeemed. Enough. Accepted. Valued. New creation. You're saved. Those are the names that Christ has already given you. But man, so often I wake up every day my feet hit the floor, and I don't live by those names. Man, I take on the insecurities that I have. I take on the brokenness that I have. The areas where I don't measure up. The areas where I feel inadequate. The sin that has robbed my life. The little bits of anxiety and depression that I feel. The worry and the stress. Those things define me every day. And it shouldn't. Because we serve a resurrected God. Who is creating new every single day, but we don't live like a church. Who are you? What names do you go by? What names follow you? Divorce. Pressure. Worry. Fear. Republican. Democrat. What names are defining you? And following you. We have to know who Jesus is so that we can know who we are and whose we are. It's that important. There's a passage of Scripture I want to open today out of John chapter 10. You can pull up your phones. You can pull up your Bible. You're going to put it on the screen if you didn't bring either of those. But I want to read this Scripture to you. And here's the thing. I'm going to work really, really hard to just read it through. Okay? I'm going to work really hard not to pause and stop and, and do all those kinds of things. It's so hard for me because this text is so real and there's so much in it. I wish I could preach on it all, but I can't. So, here we go. John chapter 10. You ready? Starting at verse 22. Then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews who were gathered around him saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I have told you, but you don't believe me. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. Just keep reading, Chris. So good. Just keep reading. They follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said, Whoa, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? They said, we're not stoning you for the good works, they replied, but for blasphemy, because you are a mere man claims that claims to be God. Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law? I have said, you are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and scripture cannot be set aside, what about the one whom the father set apart? as his very own, and sent him into the world. Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy? Because I said I'm the, I, am the God, I am God's son. 
Do not believe me unless I do the works of my Father. But if you do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. Again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. I can't, I can't, just, I have to tell you something. Okay, when I first read this passage, okay, right there, verse 39, again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. John's not telling us the whole story right there. Like, look at this. Like, how? Like, Jesus was surrounded by people, and and then he, they were like trying to stone him, they're trying to grab him, and Jesus escaped their grasp? Like, I was just blown away. I was like, John's not telling us the whole story. He literally, like, went Old Testament on them right there. Like, I'm convinced of it. I am convinced that they had a little, a little thing happen, and, and Jesus was like Old Testament-style escape artist, like got out of there and somehow escaped their grasp. I, I don't know how he did it, but I love it. Then Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. There he stayed, and many people came to him. They said... Though John never performed a sign, all that John said about this man was true. And in that place, many believed in Jesus. So here we go. Here's the story. This is it. Jesus. It's winter. It's winter time. And Jesus is at the temple. Like a good Jew, He is at the temple. Along with every other Jewish leader. It says that it's the festival of dedication. The festival of dedication is just a way to say that it was Hanukkah. It was literally Hanukkah at the Jewish temple. It was Christmas time. And and they are there at the temple. And and the Word says that these Jewish leaders, like Jesus is just trying to worship. Like He's just trying to worship His Father. He's just trying to be in the place where His Father is. And He's being circled. The message says that they are literally circling Jesus. And he's literally just taking a stroll in between services or prayers on Solomon's porch. And the Jews are circling him. And they're asking him, they're going, Jesus, tell us who you are. I mean, seriously, just tell us the real deal. Are you really who you say you are? Just tell us plainly. Keep it real. Keep it straight. Jesus goes, I've already told you. I've told you who I am. You know who I am. I have been telling you for, for, for years, you know who I am. You see who I am. You see the miracles that I'm doing. You know who I am, but yet you still don't believe. And then he says, me and the Father, we are one. And at that very moment he says that, they literally reach down and grab these stones and they're literally about to stone him. You know the thing that sticks out to me about this first part? Is that they have forgotten who they are. They have so forgotten who they are, they don't even realize that the very reason that they are gathered at the temple to celebrate Hanukkah is standing right before them. They have no idea that the reason they are there in the person of Jesus, the one who says, I am God, I am one in the Father, and the Father is in me, is standing right before them. And they've so forgotten who they are and who God is that they can't even see Him that He's standing there before them. How many times in my life has it been quite possible that Jesus is standing right 
before him, but because I've forgotten who I am, I don't even see it. It just passes me by. And he says, the Father is in me. I am one with the Father. They, bit, they pick up stones to stone him. Jesus goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you stoning me? Why are you stoning me for the works that I've done? They said, we're not, we're not going to kill you for the works you've done. Those are actually awesome. Yeah, we've seen what you can do. We know the things that you can do. We know that you can do miracles. We know that you can do things that no one else does. We know that you're something more than just a, than just a rabbi and a prophet. You see, we know what you can do. We know your default setting. We're stoning you because you say that you are God. And Jesus says it again. He goes, you want to know who I am? I am the Father. And the Father is in me. I am one with the Father. When I read this, I only had uh, one thing that I could relate it to. I mean, I really, I've really worked hard at trying to, to connect and understand what, what does this really mean for Jesus to know so strongly who He is, so strongly that, that Him and God are one. And I started thinking about my own relationship with my dad. And all the time, so often, people tell me, I cannot go anywhere without somebody telling me, hey, aren't you Glenn Holcomb's son? I mean, I don't go anywhere. Some of you know my dad, some of you don't. But it's everywhere I go. And that used to be a real problem for me in high school. I mean, everywhere I'd go, someone would be like, hey, aren't you Glenn Holcomb's son? I'm like, depending on what I'm doing, I'm like, yeah, I am. Or if I'm not, I'm like, never heard of him. No, never heard of him. I, don't, I mean, people tell me all the time, man, you're Glenn Holcomb's son, aren't you? And I'll go, well, how do you know? They'll go, oh, you look just like him. I'm like, slightly overweight white male? Yeah. Yeah, I guess we do look a little alike. No, but we do. We kind of look alike. And, and then I'll tell well, what, what else gave it away? And they'll go, man, you guys tell stories the exact same way. Boy, you can talk for hours. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true too. We can do that also. People tell me all the time, you're just like your dad. You're just like your dad. Man, I love your dad. You're just like him. As I've gotten older, I've learned to really appreciate that. I mean, I've learned to just totally love it. You know, one of the reasons I think people say that I'm like my dad, you got to know I'm super blessed. I'm beyond blessed to have a father like I did. I didn't deserve that. I didn't deserve that. You know why people tell me I'm like my dad? You know why people see that in me? It's because we're we're kind of like one. You know, we spent a lot of time together. Uh, we, we, we know each other. Well, I go to lunch with my dad. I, we, we talk about it. He knows me. He knows me deeply. He knows the things that are going on in my life. I don't have to give him the default setting. He knows the real setting. And we are one. We spend a lot of time together. I spend a lot of time with him. I invest in him. He's invests in me. And so it's so often people will say, you look and you remind me of your dad and I'm not surprised because I've invested in my father and he's invested in me. 
That's what I think Jesus is saying right here. Who am I? Who am I? You want to know who I am? Look at the God that you are here worshiping. That's who I am. But yet, you don't know who you are, so you've completely missed it. You don't even see it. So again, Jesus says, me and the Father were one. And at that point, the Jewish leaders go, no, no, no. I'll tell you who you are. And because, of, because you're not saying who you are, I'm literally going to stone you and I'm going to kill you. And then Jesus somehow gets away from it. And you know what my favorite part of this whole passage is? I've read over it so many times. I didn't even, I didn't even begin to connect with it. I, just, I kept reading over it for years and years and years until all of a sudden it hit me uh, this past couple weeks. Jesus leaves there, and Scripture says He goes and He crosses the Jordan River. And He goes across the Jordan River to the place where He was baptized. And once I started realizing what that means, you see, I believe that Jesus, under that kind of pressure, under that kind of anxiety, under that kind of uh, of situation where He's literally about to be killed for who He is, I believe even Jesus maybe left that moment walking across the Jordan River, fleeing that situation, and he goes and he's walking there, and maybe even Jesus is going, Man, what if I'm not who I say I am? Oh, what, what if they're right? What if the Father really isn't in me? What if I'm not one with the Father? What, what if this isn't really who I am? What if I am a fraud? No, Jesus goes across the Jordan River. And he goes back to the place where he was baptized. And I don't have time to preach on it. I wish I did. But, but if I could preach on it, I would open up the Word and I would read you the Scriptures of the moment that Jesus was baptized. And that's the reason why he goes back to that place. He had to spend a few days in the place where he knew his identity better than anybody else. Because in that moment where he was baptized, he shows up to John the Baptist. And he goes, John, I need you to baptize me. And John goes, I'm not baptizing you. You baptize me. You're Jesus. If anyone gets a pass on baptism, it's you. And Jesus goes, you've got to baptize me. And so John takes Jesus, the Son of God, and he baptizes him. And Scripture says that when he comes up out of the water, the heavens ripped open. Scripture says that God descended upon Jesus. His Spirit descends upon Jesus. The heavens are ripped open. Jesus, in that moment, understands His full and complete identity is in God and nothing else. And it's the same situation. That's why baptism is so important for us. Because we stand there in the pool and we're waiting and we're waiting and we recognize that we've bought into these other names that seem to define us and identify us that we tend to go by. That if someone was to really call it out, you go, that's true in my life. And baptism, you're standing there and when you go down, when you get slam dunked into the pool, all of that is left behind and you come up and you are beloved. You are a new creation. You are right with God. You see, Jesus, he goes back to his identity. He goes back to the place where he could be centered and grounded. And he just spends a few days there. 
Who are you? If you don't know who you are, you're going to have a really hard time knowing who Jesus is. Jesus has already defined you. He has already told you your name. Chad, you guys can start heading back up. I love this passage. I love it because it's so rich. There's so much in it that, that, that I, I would just love to dig deep and spend some time with you and go further and deeper. But the thing that I am so convicted of this morning is that if we do not, as a church, as believers, as Christ followers in the world, if we do not know our true identity, we are not going to be moving people to Christ. And in fact, I'm committed, I'm convinced that if we don't know our identity, and if we don't know who Jesus says that we are, we are not going to be moving toward Christ. This world would love nothing more than to tell you your names. I mean, this world wants to define you. The enemy wants to label you. Everything about it wants to rob you of your true identity. The same way the Jewish leaders tell us who you are. You're a fraud. You're fake. You're not who you say you are. Jesus goes, I know who I am. I'm one with the Father. And the Father is one with me. Your name is beloved. Your name is son or daughter. Your name is redeemed. Your name is reconciled. Your name is saved. Your name is new creation. Your name is valued. Your name is love. If at any point you feel like you've lost that way, then I want to give you an opportunity to go to a place right here. To cry out in a place that's familiar to you. To cry out a place where God is. To cry out in a place where you can go back to your sinner and remember maybe your baptism. Remember the moment that you gave your life to the Lord. Remember these moments. And you can strip away the names that do not define you. And you can begin to find your name. You see, in the resurrection, Jesus changes everything. He changes everything for us. He takes an old reality that we had and He gives us a new reality. I'm tired of watching the church. I mean, I'm sick and tired of watching the church not step in to the new reality that Jesus gave us. It is too important. There are too many people who are lost. There are too many people who are broken. There are too many people living every single day that they wake up defined by these names that don't actually define them. Can you imagine if you went and told this story? That these are the names you actually live by? It would transform anybody's life. So let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, Help us in these moments to be able to think about the names 
that we give ourselves. Help us think about the names that the enemy keeps giving us and keeps calling us. And Lord, help us to throw them down. And Lord, will you give us a new name? Will you remind us of a new calling of who we are? Lord, may our identity only be found in you. Everything else is fleeting, but our identity is completely found in you, Lord. And you have changed everything for us. So Lord, help us to walk new and fresh in your life. So God, as we worship, may this song be an anthem for our life. May it be a moment that we spend with you and we give our life to you and we put the names at the altar and Lord, we pick up a new name and may we leave this place transformed knowing the name that you call us, knowing our identity is found in you and you alone. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.